afternoon and welcome to episode 10 of Heavy Matters. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at heavy underscore matters. This is the podcast where we talk about heavy metal and or alternative music. It's myself, Joey, and on the other end in... You look like you're bathing in glorious sunshine, Benny, in Edinburgh. Am I correct? It is a beautiful day out here. Afternoon, my good sir. How are you? I'm very well. It's glorious day here. Uh, after I record this, I'm going to play 18 holes of golf, Ooh. which I am delighted to be getting out of the house and just enjoy a bit of the sunshine. So yeah, I'm, I'm very well. And you're well? Yes, yeah. The that, family's all well and yeah, we're, we're all good. Thanks. That's mate. all that matters. And we hope all our listeners are well. Um, okay, let's crack on. So this week we've got reviews from the new Behemoth EP and the LP from Bleed From Within. And our deep cut is from Norwegian black metal masters mayhem and their ep death crush so yeah two eps and an lp on this week's show we'll get onto the news so the news there was a slay at home fest venny did you see that being advertised no i've seen it advertised yeah yeah i i didn't see it myself i don't know why but um one thing caught my eye was employed to serve did two sets and the first set they did was deftone covers hmm which is interesting. So I'm going to try and catch some of them online. Both we're both big employed serve fans, so it'd be good. And you're a huge Deftones fan, so yeah, sounds sounds good. Yeah, there, there have been a lot of these lately, haven't they? And I I'm not engaged with too many, and I'm not sure what the dynamic is if the band are all playing in separate locations yeah. and how well that all knits together and what the sound quality is like. And it's clear, like people. Are putting in a great effort and trying to come together and put on some live music but i'm not sure you know one how well it's all working kind of sound quality and streaming and technology wise and secondly whether we kind of get to a bit of a saturation point with these kind of yeah yeah it's great that they're on and you are right like it like anything will run its course what i will say though is for those people who are moaning and saying can't wait for heavy music live music to get back you make sure you get off your ass and you attend these shows because the bands will need it more than ever once this pandemic is over so get out there support live music there was also not fest live on friday of any um it was code orange under oath and slipknot that was the bill I didn't catch it myself. Um, I was on the download quiz, which I won. Did you win this? I did, yeah. Yeah. Ducked out. Yeah, so I'm flying ahead again, Venny. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't watch it myself. Um, I assume it was just Slipknot doing their usual gig. I might catch it online. Might not. That's how I feel about it at the moment. (laughs) I mean, it's quite hard to imagine... Again, a bit like Code Orange, but the high energy Slipknot show with all its production yeah. played in an empty room, if, if that makes sense. And so it was a bit similar. I don't know if you saw any of the Radio 1 I, I was just documentary. About to say. I found that just a bit of an odd dynamic. And the, the crowd, I, I mean, I don't know the exact makeup of it, but it seemed like there probably were quite a few media types who were a bit cool for school and weren't really fully going for it in the crowd and it just made it a bit of an odd kind of dynamic yeah like slipknot in slipknot were made for those big arenas and festivals weren't they could where they have the whole stage and could wander around it it was very odd watching it on um the radio one thing like you said it was it was enjoyable nonetheless but yeah just very odd okay so the next bit of news is this friday the 5th of june Bandcamp are waiving their fees again so um I've I've bought a few things. Uh, they've done massive amounts to to support bands in this way. Have you been on Bandcamp, Benny? Have you used it? Yeah, so yeah, I've contributed to a few of the bands we've been reviewing as a way of trying to give back a little bit. Nice. And yeah, like I've said before, for me, getting a digital download isn't the most important thing. It's more just engaging and trying to. Uh, provide some some kind of financial support and you you can buy merch but i I don't think i need necessarily a new t-shirt from a metal band every week so i i've just (laughs) been trying to kind of do what i can yeah um twitter is a great place actually um for finding new bands people often put links to Bandcamp. i found a great black metal one which is my first purchase on there um there's loads of good stuff you usually get 
if you buy the digital download, you have to get the CD as well or vinyl, whatever, which is great for me because obviously I'm a big collector of vinyl. But they do other stuff as well, like T-shirts and stuff. It, you can download the app. It's free to download. You can just go in there, search metal, different subgenres, whatever you're looking for, have a little sneak preview. And if you like it, buy it. So as I said before, like support the bands during these dark times. And then a tweet came out from Job for a Cowboy's Twitter page. And it was... I can't remember the character's name, but it's from Mortal Kombat. Is it Shaolin or something? Shokan. Shokan, sorry. Um, you should be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was basically him saying, get ready or something like that. Which, um, Job for a Cowboy last album was called Sunny, which was critically acclaimed in the death metal scene. Um, I was a big fan of Ruination. Uh, that's how I got into them. Yeah, I, I can't remember. What was the name of their first one? Was that Ruination? Uh, no, was it Genesis? The, yeah, Genesis, yeah. Mm. That was where I um, got involved. Um, they they were, um, I think, one of the bands that were discovered from MySpace back in the day. Yeah. For a Cowboy. Um, oh, those days are gone. But um, yeah, are you a fan of Job for a Cowboy? That first album I liked a lot. I, I do wonder if they drifted a bit too much into the deathcore genre, which as we've discussed, it can be a little bit limited. That kind of cookie monster growling and uh, just blast beats. But I would be definitely interested in what they've got to offer now. Yeah, mate, I would give Ruination a listen. It was a really, it really hooks me, that album. And then uh, Sonic is an actual follow-on. So yeah, very exciting times. I love it when bands like this just come out of nowhere and say, we're back. So hopefully they have something big and deathy to offer us. And the final bit of news is that Faith No More have rearranged their um, 2020 gigs until 2021. Benny, are you a Faith No More fan? Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think they offer something slightly different, wildly experimental. So yeah, big fan, seen live a few times. And yeah, the thing that interested me about those rearranged dates is they're going to be in June 2021. And there is a noticeable gap on the weekend of download. Now, I've not gone into a lot of detail. I've not researched to see whether they're playing other European dates during the, the download festival dates. But it does raise the question of where they would potentially fit on a download bill these days yeah well i may have said they're not going to be able to do download next year because they're touring schedule the other thing to note as well faith no more i think were due to play a sunstroke festival here in dublin it was the first time they had this massive festival for ages it had like i think gorgira playing faith no more um so whether that might be rearranged for next year and that's why the date's missing i'm not sure but either way everyone's gonna get a chance to see faith no more next year if you like that stuff which I, I'm partial to. <laughs> That's a telling pause there. In case anyone's wondering where I've sat on the fence. Um, okay, so let's get into our first review. So we're going to start off with um, Behemoth's new EP, and it's called A Forest. So Behemoth released the last album, As I, As I Lay Dying. I Loved You at Your Darkest in uh, 2018. And uh, Nurgle basically said this is a continuation of that album, the tracks off it. It has, the first track is a cover from The Cure. We discussed this last week, actually. The Cure, A Forest. And it's uh, with Nicholas Kvatorf from from Shining, the uh, the black metal band. So we're both big fans of Behemoth, Benny. We are. Um, you know, they're inked on my arm, uh, so that gives you a good inclination of how I feel about them. What were your thoughts on this EP being dropped? Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise drop, was it? Um, it wasn't something I was expecting. And I quite like these little um, these little amuse-bouches that come out between <laughs> records. That They're often something a bit different, something a bit experimental. Like, I, I'm not a big cover fan, song fan in general, but I often quite like these odd little uh, curios that they sometimes drop. Yeah, it's uh, it's only three tracks. Well, actually, if you listen on Spotify, it's got the, the studio version of the Cure cover, then a live version, and then the other two tracks, which we'll get into in a minute. <sighs> the album cover's really good. I really like the album cover. I'd love that as a... Um, portrait in my wall it, it's tattoo maybe on my chest yeah <laughs> under, my, under my heavy matters tattoo um <laughs> no it's got like nicholas kvatorf's head on it and then in the background you've got nurgle just peering in like a demon in the back of the woods i really like that for me that is almost where this album enjoyment stops 
Really? I'm shocked to I mean, just to going back to what you said, I mean, for a while now, Behemoth have been so on point with their aesthetic and visual presentation. Just going back to that cover, and I agree, I thought it was really cool, the album cover. But all of their merch and everything else, just lately, it's been really on point, I'd mm. say. Well, you've got um, the Satanist one, haven't you, that Daniel Carter did? Yeah, Daniel P. Carter's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a beaut. And, and uh, can you quickly tell us that story about um, buying some merch from Daniel P. Carter for your wall? <laughs> yeah, well, Daniel P. Carter, host of the Radio 1 Rock Show, amongst other things, been various bands over the years, but also is a very talented artist and has done quite a few kind of album covers and single covers, LP covers. And he just one day announced that he was um, selling some of his original works. And I uh, for some, I was in just, I think I was maybe after a, a night shift or something in a bit of a <laughs> labile state. And I just went on there and started buying up all of his artwork at the cost of several, well, well, I won't put a figure on it, but it was pretty, pretty expensive. But I, they're now in the pride of place in our living room and uh, they're quite dark paintings, but my wife is... Uh, as yet, not completely objected to them, so it's pretty cool. I think she objected to the price, though, that you haven't told us about. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll say no more about that. <laughs> I'm sorry we digress, but yeah, that was uh, a li- that tickles me, that story. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, the, the EP, right, itself, Behemoth, I, I love Behemoth to death. Obviously, Satanist is huge. I loved, I loved you at the darkest. This EP, so I'm just going to start on the Cure cover. Because we, we talked about it last week or a couple of weeks ago in the news. And I I don't like The Cure. I've made that abundantly clear. I don't like The Cure. They're not for me. But having said that, I listened to it a couple of times, obviously, reviewing it. And I really love this cover. I, yeah. I, I think Nicholas adds his vocals. He does it really well. And when you listen to the live track, it gives it a much more different dimension. Um, you know, you can hear the... Uh, interaction with the crowd and he's getting them psyched up i I think it's really good yeah i i really like it as well and i'm i'm more of a fan of the cure as we've heard than you and um yeah i actually know the original track quite well like it's one of their better known tracks and i know it but i listened to this cover must have listened to it three or four times and i could not hear the original in it at all right. for me that's a sign of a very good cover i hate it when a it's too faithful a cover and there's no point to it like i, I think that they're pointless essentially and the other club covers i hate with absolute passion are the plinky plonky piano covers that you get on the john lewis advert at christmas time <laughs> whenever one of those comes along i want to jump out a window it drives me absolutely mad those kind of covers but anyway this is neither of those things it's very different to the original and it's done with behemoth style and chapaz and uh yeah i i i really enjoyed it yeah absolutely hitting on the head behemoth style because the guitar tone and like what we've come to expect or know from behemoth from the last two albums is that classic guitar tone from them and they have really made it their own so as much as I don't like The Cure, I actually really enjoyed this. Then you get into the next track, which is Shadows Over Ear Cast Upon Golgotha. Like, ridiculously long name. Can I ask you a question as the resident expert on Behemoth? Why do all, whenever they say of, they can't spell it O-F. They always have to spell it O-B. It's, uh, I, I, do you know, I, I don't like <laughs> And I actually remember... I remember seeing on, I don't know if it was on Instagram or Twitter, but Nurgle was um, on it and he put something like magic is coming. And and when they spell magic, they spell it M-I-G-I-C-K. So they put an extra K on the end and it was something like of fire and hell or something. And, And someone tweeted back and went, why do you keep fucking spelling it with an O-V? Spell it O-F. I remember when you had your meet and greet with Nurgle and the boys and you asked me before, oh, have you got any good questions that I could ask them? I wish I, I wish you asked them this one now. It's been eating me up inside ever since. <laughs> oh, I might have to sign up for a meet and greet just so I can ask them. Just for that. So I can put some closure to it and get some sleep at night. 
But no, you're right. It's like uh, of fire in the void off yeah. of um, Evangelion. Uh, yeah, it is all over. I don't know, Vanny. You put me on the spot Sorry. there. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, the next track. The next track. It starts off with the typical Behemoth opening drum fill from. Are we talking about shadows now? Shadows. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah. 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 It's the typical drum fills that open up. It, it, it is very much a continuation of the previous album, and they've said that. And I'll come to my gripes in a minute. What's your thoughts on this track, Benny? I was the same. I, I thought it was pretty much behemoth by numbers. I thought it's clearly, and, and you may be coming on to say this, but I saw this as very much as a track that wasn't good enough to make the grades to go on the album, and it's just been clunked on this. Now, I don't feel that about the whole EP, but this song in particular, I felt like that. Yeah, and when you get to the next track, Evo, that is more like the behemoth that I love. It just, it's just ferocious from from start to finish. It's aggressive, ferocious blast beats from Inferno, you know, cutting guitars, that classic behemoth solo on it, and that track actually saves a bit of this album for me, or this EP, if you will. Yeah, I really like that track. I, one thing I'd say about it, it's quite a catchy track. You're absolutely right. For an extreme metal band, this is quite a catchy track, and it's just different. It's not like the the track before, I'm very willing to say, is a behemoth by numbers track whereas this one's just completely different and that's what that is like you've said the behemoth that i really like is that they are a bit different to the rest and that's why they are better than their forebears and their peers that's why they they stand out above the crowd that's why they're in arenas and other people aren't and that's why i thought this was a really good track and i thought this would is a good enough track to go on that last album for sure. And it would actually be interesting to see if they do play that live. This track, Evo, um, I would have no I no time seeing Shadows over Golgotha, to be honest. Of. Oh. <laughs> of. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you really enjoy I Loved You Your Darkest? What were your thoughts on that? I like. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But I was such a huge fan of The Satanist. And we've, we've again, spoken about this privately. It, it's an impossible task to follow an album like The Satanist. I thought it was brilliant that they didn't try to make The Satanist 2. I'd love that they tried to switch things up a bit. I think all there's no bad tracks on it. I really like it. But I just, there is that inevitable comparison for me between the albums. And I just... And it's happened before. It's happened with Machine Head and the Blackening and the albums that follow that. They're, they're not bad albums that follow it, but they just, they will, for me, just be in the shadow. But yeah, sorry to go back. I, I do really like, and it is the perfect follow up to The Satanist, but it's just not quite The Satanist for me. Yeah, my, I'm coming to the point is do you think adding these tracks, these two tracks, ignore the, the cover one, but the two tracks onto I Loved You at Your Darkest, would it make it? any different of an album for you would would you enjoy it more or less do you think good question i think certainly the last track would fit on that album and i i do think i love you at your darkest is quite a diverse album it doesn't just stick in one groove it goes into a lot of different places and i think this track would fit in that it doesn't is not a typical black or death or extreme metal song so i think it would fit in but we talk about albums being too long. I don't, I don't think adding two tracks to many albums would make many albums much better, if, if you get what I'm trying to say. I, I would prefer an extreme metal album to be on the shorter side. So, um, Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a tough one because I agree with you. Like, I'm delighted we've got new music from Behemoth, obviously. <laughs> but it's a, it, it's a catch-22, really. I'd love to have Evo on the album. I wouldn't like Shadows Overcast on the album but i'm delighted with the ep that sorry to have a new ep i'm just wondering is this just to whet our appetite are they working on something new or were these tracks left over from i loved you your darkest well coming back to what we were just saying before that's what i quite like ep drops like this that they're just um a little added bonus between album cycles and it comes at a good time you know all of us are on lockdown it's good to hear some new music. So I, I think we just judge it at face value, really, mate. And yeah. say it's an EP, it's a standalone thing. These may be our tracks from the, the sessions from A Love You at the Darkest. It didn't make great for whatever reason. We just enjoy it for what it is. But yeah, I, I thought all in all, 
it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, my my gripe with EPs, um, it's obviously fine for bands establishing themselves, starting out, they've only got a budget to record a certain amount of studio time, etc, etc. My gripe with like Behemoth dropping one is it always leaves me wanting more from an established band to... And look, it, it obviously is during these times of COVID where not no one can get into studios or anything, so it is nice to drop it, but it just leaves me wanting more. And obviously it's great to hear new music coming out all the time. Um, so yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it, Manny. I think we're on the same page. I have a feeling you probably enjoyed this more than I did. Yeah, I really liked it. I, I it's a bit odd having the studio followed by the live version um, back to yeah. back. Like I, I don't in general like playing songs more than once in in a sitting, but it did provide a bit of a nice compare and contrast. And I, I like the two versions for different reasons. I like the studio version of the forest. For more the musical side of it we we spoke on on our whatsapp messages uh, the bass work from orion's excellent on the studio version i quite like the the synths as well that you can just they're quite subtle but i also like the energy of the live version and um the recording of that sounds great for a live it version it really does and it, i think it echoes what we both feel about seeing behemoth live and we were talking about kajira being extremely tight last week but the last few times i've seen behemoth they've come out the traps and sounded perfect from the get-go and i think they've really nailed their sound i think they're now a big enough band to take out their own sound engineers on the road i think they've said that so yeah that also impressed me yes um go on and give it a rating are we rating this even though it's an ep i don't want to rate it <laughs> it's just that i don't think look i'm gonna say it, it's okay yeah. is my rating yeah. i i i was yeah it's okay is all i'm gonna say I don't want to say anymore. I think it's worth a listen, man. I think it's oh, worth totally, a listen. Totally. It's, a bit, it's interesting. I, there, there are a couple of new tracks on there. So, yeah, give it a listen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for fans of any? The Cure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had that exact one written down. I haven't actually put any for fans of. No, no. We'll leave it there. If you love The Cure, you'll love this. Right, let's move on to our next review. Um <laughs> uh, sorry that was behemoth's um ep a forest um so yeah give it a listen uh okay so our next ep is um from bleed from within their fifth album called fracture your next door neighbors in glasgow ready i assume you know them very well small city small well it's funny i do i was going to mention this but they are great lads uh the bleed from within guys and they are ever presents in the glasgow music scene and what i love about them is that you very very often i'm at a gig and i will see them all in the crowd really just standing shoulder to shoulder with the rest of the crowd having a beer quite a few times i've been over and had a chat with them and they're all very friendly approachable guys so yeah you you say i'm not best pals with them or anything but uh, they are very uh nice guys and i've certainly shared a few chats with them so yeah nice um very good yeah so my exposure from bleed from then basically has come from you i i, I think i listened to era it was tech came out in 2018 wasn't it yeah yeah that was my exposure now this is the metal core scene metal melodic death metal if you will death core i don't know I don't really want to start labelling bands and putting them in this genre. Bit of a sad story, emotional story, if you will, Vanny. Um, I'll, I'll just mention a few things and you can fill in the gaps, if you will. Um, they, they came out and said that, well, they basically didn't play a live show, I think, for five years. And there was no reason why anyone could tell. And apparently what happened was they had a merch deal with an American company. And they were supposed to, um, off the back of this merch deal, fly to America to um, tour the States. And it didn't happen. The merch company stitched them up and left them with huge amounts of debt. And basically the band was in financial ruin. And no label would sign them, take them on with the debt. Which is fucking disgraceful. Yeah, it's very sad. And it's only really, that revelation's only come up very recently. Because in 2013, they released Uprising which was, I think, their second or third album. Yeah. And that really got a fair amount of press at the time. And they were young bands, but they were getting quite a lot of attention. They got some big support slots. I think it mentions um, they supported Megadeth and Testament. And they were for a British band. And you remember, you know, seven or eight years ago, the British music scene in terms of heavy music wasn't as it is now. Like now, we've got very fertile 
music scene with Employed Serve, you mentioned already today, Conjurer, uh, Creeper, although not necessarily that heavy. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, <laughs> what I'm saying is, from all the subgenres, we've got good representation from the UK and uh, all good young hungry bands it wasn't necessarily like that seven or eight years ago and i think bleed from within were slightly victims of that and then all of a sudden after building up this head of steam they just disappeared for five years didn't play any shows didn't say why didn't release any new music and everyone was quite confused as to why they went to ground like there's no nothing coming out of their camp to say why why they've been so quiet it's only really come out lately it's because they were saddled with a huge debt and it's something that you don't necessarily think about is it when you listen to albums you don't necessarily think about some of the you know the human kind of costs and the financial impacts and everything else in that what is probably a bit of a murky business so um yeah it's sad to hear but clearly very good that now they're back very good indeed. Um, I just want to come back to your, you touched on about them landing these support slots with um, like some Megadeth and Testament, and they they said it did no good to us those support slots. I think one of them actually quoted said <laughs> they were playing a gig and a guy stood there with his middle finger up to him the whole show. What a when, dick to start yeah, with when they were like, supporting Megadeth. I mean, we've we've all we've discussed. It's always a bit of a thankless task supporting those. We've talked about Slayer. Megadeth, I'm sure, are similar in terms of very kind of partisan fans that are... Yeah, they're only there prob- for the for Megadeth. Yeah, and they're probably, without being too judgmental, they're probably in that bracket. Probably a lot of fans who go to download who are not really open to new music, they're just set in their ways of listening to those certain niche of thrash bands or other slightly old vintage metal bands and you know they're not they've not yeah. got open ears to new Stubborn. music and that's that's sad so yeah it sounds like a dream come true to support some of these big bands playing in big venues for a, a uk band coming up but it didn't sound like that was didn't sound like that was good for them so we should say all of this has come out in this in this month's metal hammer so yeah, yeah. it's all interesting to read and hear about because like i say it was just silent for a while so it was unclear what had happened Incidentally, um, I saw Job for a Cowboy open for Megadeth once at Brixton. They're on the United Abominations tour, and I just couldn't get my head around it. Like, why was a death metal band opening for Megadeth? I don't know whether like Dave Mustaine is trying to get these bands on board, try and get make them bigger, or what book and agent decided putting a death metal band on before Megadeth was a good idea. It, it's beyond me. But anyway, it's, that just... it's a, a double edged sword, isn't it? Because like Trivium have been championing lots of young heavy bands. They brought out like Venom Prison and Power Trip on their tour. And I think you've got to give these bands credit for bringing out new young fresh bands, even if they're not quite from the same wheelhouse as uh as the main act, so you've got to give some credit to them, but it's also up to the crowd not to be stood there with their arms folded and got to yeah. be a bit more receptive. And yeah, anyway, support new bands. Anyway, so shall we, shall we talk about the album? Uh, yeah. Fracture, Venny, you're a fan of Believe from Within, aren't you? Regard, um, that's obvious. Yeah, I listened to Era previously, a long time ago, didn't really sink in for me, never went back to it. Um, I put this on. And you know my grope with Metalcore Benny is the melodic singing. Bury Tomorrow is a big no for me. I can't deal with that. There's too much melodic singing. So I was definitely had some trepidation when I went into this. And the first track, The End of All We Know, had some melodic singing. However, it was just enough melodic singing for me. It was subtle. And I think, bar maybe one more track, the rest of the album is a Metalcore album. And I'll leave it there for now. I don't want to ruin the surprise of what I think of this album. <laughs> Good. Um, I, I mean, just to talk about their sound, it it's a difficult one. I agree with you. It's, it's probably not a good thing to try and get too bogged down in labels and subgenres and everything else, but just to try and describe their sound. For me, I never fully call them a metalcore band or I never lump them in with your Barry Tomorrows and, and the rest of them, even Architects. I don't normally lump them in. I see them much more as more of a groove metal band in the same lineage as Pantera were the originals. Then after that, Lamb of God came along and the Lamb of God didn't sound 
exactly like Pantera, but they had that same groove thing going on, but obviously an updated sound faster and more extreme and heavier. And from that same lineage, I think Bleed From Within, Within come along. And yeah, they don't sound exactly like Lamb of God, but I think they have that same kind of groove element that, that flows through. And it's an updated sound and the current sound is metalcore. So that is what that kind of mirror reflects it self in but um yeah for me it's more i i think calling it just a straight up metalcore album could switch a lot of people off to it so i think if you have that lineage of pantera to lamb of god to this this band i think that that could interest a few more people when listening to it yeah good point i mean it is groovy this album not like austin powers groovy like it is <laughs> it is um groove all over it and and yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I just, they're obviously, there is that tinge of metalcore that you said. So I don't want to blow it away from it, but I want to make it important that this is not, ju- you are right, it's not just for the metalcore fans. This will be massive for um, like Lamb of God fans, you said, um, Parkway Drive fans as well. Yeah, I, there's, there's some tracks that stand out for me. Pathfinder is, I just thought of when I was listening to this, can you imagine the size of the circle pit? That's going <laughs> to kick off when this this song comes in Glasgow. Yeah. Oh my God, it's absolutely brutal. It, and sorry, the metalcore bit is they have the breakdowns in it. They have in- the breakdowns, yes. And and that's what I mean that this is a groove metal sound that is is seen through the eyes of of the current era, which is metalcore. So they they have the breakdowns, but I, they're also pretty technical. I would say, and we talk yes. about the individual measurements, yeah. but yeah, they they have the breakdowns, and that is a big part of their uh, their, their sound. And yeah, it, it, it's it's almost a bit genty, a bit mashuga, um the the guitar work at the end of this that I thought towards that breakdown. But yeah, yeah. great track, great track. Um, and then I'm just calling that my favorite tracks because, as I said, this this genre I'm not really accustomed to i think like kill switch engage parkway drive would be my that's enough for me sort of thing but this uh track three into nothing has an absolute stomping riff to open the track and with those gorgira style guitar slides oh my god um and also a ripping solo on this one yeah. which it, it has everything it's and i just want to touch on here this is when i thought the great musicianship of this band was on this track that that's when i sort of thought wow these guys really are excellent at what they do yeah 100 percent. i think in particular is worth shouting out the two kind of core members who i for a long time thought were brothers but i've, I've only recently found out that they're not they both got this quite long ginger hair that they both carry in a long ponytail and for forever i just thought they were brothers but they're not actually but uh, have they got the same surname no no they're not brothers they look like they are but, <laughs> but anyway the, the drummer is called ali richardson and is an absolute beast and we were talking a couple of weeks ago about dan Searle from architects and i think he's got a similar level of kind of technicality to him and I think he has also started to play with Silosis, interestingly. Um, really? And yeah, which, which kind of fits again with that very technical mould. So yeah, I'd definitely give him a shout. And the, the other long-haired ginger guy is called Goonzy, or Craig <laughs> Gowan. Uh, and I think he's the main songwriter. Uh, but he's, his performance on this album is incredible, I think. And it, it's similar to, to what we were saying about Architects, I think, with Tom Searle, that I'm not a huge fan of straight-up metalcore either. I think I agree, I agree with the things you say. And the main reason I like bands like Architects and Bleed From Within is that they are technically better than that. They bring in a lot more influences from other worlds such as Mashugo and the tech metal scene they're much more technical and the the last thing i'd say is they're just good songwriters i think the songs just all stand up they are um it's 10 tracks which is perfect i think it's about 47 minutes is it as an album yeah. something along those lines um i really really enjoyed this album and i remember um on the chat we have with our mates and we're saying, oh, we're going to start listening to uh, uh, Bleed From Within. And the joke was, oh, you won't like the, the melodic singing. This album is is brilliant. I really enjoyed this. Um, it, delighted. Good good mix of everything to keep me interested. Um, I think the drumming, as, as you know, I'm a big fan of 
technical drumming and as you said his double bass patterns are ferocious it sounds huge the drumming on this and then let's just talk quickly about night crossing venny yeah my favorite track on the album oh you are very just before you start to slate it (laughs) i just thought i'd put that in quickly no um i wanted to touch on this because um this is the song that matt heafy does a guest solo on. I just want to very quickly talk about Matt Heafy because we did mention him. So the, the the way this goes, the story is he liked a tweet or something from being from within and they just said, look, do you mind doing a solo? And he came back straight away. Yep, no problem. Let's do this and sent it off. And Matt Heafy seems like such a nice guy that he is supporting all of these bands. Like you said, Venom Prison. I, I, he wears Conjurer t-shirts as well. He retweets all these these. I don't want to say the word small bands, but you know, the lesser known. And for him just to come up on this and go, yeah, no worries, guys, and lend a solo to him, like fair play, Matt Heavey. Yeah, he's definitely, a, a, you may not love Trivium. I mean, we were pretty positive about that last album. You may not love Trivium, but you've got to say the guy is a force for good. And he just, he's he's got a good ear. I think he he likes a lot of the bands we would kind of try to cover. And um, he's really supportive. So I think, yeah, good on him. Yeah, just I just wanted to bring that up because, um, like I was saying, you know, Megadeth and them bringing up bands on tour like Joffrey Cowboy, whereas like Matt Heafy obviously is probably handpicks a lot of these bands that he's bringing yeah. on tour. Agreed. And it's great to see him supporting. Um, but anyway, your favorite track, Venny, Night Crossing. Yeah, I, it was, I think it's an excellent vocal from Scott Kennedy. I think he's a good vocalist. I did have some trepidation as to what you would think of the vocal and i think first and foremost he is he's got a strong metal vocal he's not in he's not like a a melodic singer in the same way as the the melodic scene from jason and barry tomorrow i see him more in the on the lines of sam carter in that his clean vocal isn't so melodic and harmonic it is more of a kind of a non-screamed cleaner vocal and i think it's it's well it's well showcased on this track. I like, I love the solo from Matt Heafy on this. It's very kind. It does slow the pace down a bit. It's quite bluesy, almost like a classic box solo. And I thought yeah, it just, this track shows a lot of what's good about the band. I think it's quite a diverse track. Yeah, diverse, the right words. Uh, and then the other track, I had that as a standout track. And the last track that stood out for me was um, track seven for all to see. It, that's, that's when I really thought, right, this is the groove. And I agree with what you're saying on this track. Uh, proper groove on the riff, um, and like spangly guitar leads on it. Um, yeah, I think overall this is um, it, it shows bleed from within that after you know what's happened to them, they've really come back with this album, and this is probably going to be the most would I say number one album in this genre of the year? I'd say probably. I, I would find it hard to believe anything can beat this. It's it's absolutely brilliant from the lads. Great effort. I'm delighted to hear you say it. And what I would say to a lot of people is there's not a lot to not like about this band. They they should really appeal to more traditional fans, people who like, you know, Lamb of God, Master Don Gajira. It should appeal to those guys. It's got that technicality. It's got enough bite to it. It's got enough grit. Um, it's not completely flowery and melodic, but it's also got a bit of a commercial leaning to it in some of the kind of anthemic choruses that they've got. It's modern. It's got a bit of group. I think there's not a lot to dislike about this band. So I, I'm pleased that you like it. And I would just say that to, in summary, they're really good songwriters. They put together really catchy tracks and they've got great technicality to back, back it up. So, um, yeah, big fan. Yeah, I mean, it took me by surprise completely. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it this much. Um, I think four or five times I've listened to it now. Um, yeah, uh, well played from the lads from Bleed Within. Hopefully they get a lot of attention on this one now and a lot of um, coverage in social media or whatever and can actually get back out and start playing these songs because I think live would sound colossal. You know, yeah. you know what I'm thinking? Like a, a supporting slot with the likes of Slipknot. Do you know, like Behemoth were with Slipknot, I think this would be... Because I actually did the first track. It did have a sort of Slipknot vibe to it, I felt. So if we can get like this band out supporting the likes of that, I think they're going to get a massive fan base. 
growing yeah. again. I'd love to see it. And I I can't wait to see them live again. They're a brilliant live band, especially in their native Glasgow. You can imagine how raucous the shows yeah. get. And uh, all their, I remember seeing them once at a, a venue called St. Luke's, which is a converted church. And um, it was their, it was like their homecoming show after they released their last album era and it was all their friends and family were there in the kind of upper balconies and kids were there and all the people from the local Glasgow scene were there and it was just one of those really special nights where it just went off it was absolutely mental and Lovely. Uh, yeah I and I think they'll get a similar reaction from this record so I can't wait to see them in Glasgow and it'll be incredible I might try and fly over for that one if it's on a weekend. <laughs> nice, um, you should. Yeah, um, look, I um, I'm giving this an eight, Benny. It's it's a very strong album. Yeah, they don't do a lot wrong. Good length of time. It's not my go-to every time. That's why it's an eight. It probably would be a lot higher on some. I'm interested to hear yours, Benny. I seem to have a difficult time marking these albums every week. I'm always very torn. I love that last album era i thought that was brilliant i thought that was the best thing they've done and um with our, my friend marty what i always say to him about that album is there's never a bad track on it it's like got about 14 tracks on it. it's maybe a bit long for a metal record but Oof. none of the tracks are bad is this better do you, do you, sorry do you not mean our friend marty <laughs> what did i say uh, my friend Marty. All right, our friend Marty. Yeah. <laughs> he's not. He's he's not well known for his friends. So uh, <laughs> I better not, better not exclude any. Uh, yeah, we always say not a bad track on that album. And is this album better than that? Bit early to say. Initial forecast, maybe not, but uh, still very strong. And I'm going eight out of ten too. Very good. Um, okay, so two eights. That's Bleed from Within and their album Fracture. Uh, check it out. Really good. Really, really good. And so we move on to Deep Cut. And this week, finally, I've snuck in some black metal. Or have I? Shall I just log off now? And <laughs> yeah, I, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so it's from Mayhem, and the EP is uh, called Death Crush. Uh, released in 1987 so we were three three yeah. years old when it was released so you can work out when we were born yeah mayhem i don't want to go too much into because we could talk for literally two hours on the whole mayhem backstory but basically mayhem are the purveyors of norwegian black metal uh the second wave the guitarist at the time euronymous is widely credited as creating this genre uh in norway and we'll talk about his style in a minute on this album Basically, as the time went on, Euronymous was killed by a guy called Varg, and mayhem seemed to explode because of the controversy around all the things and the church burnings, etc. However, we're not talking about then. We're talking about Death Crush, released in 1987. So it was Necro Butcher on bass. It was Mannheim on drums. Uh, it was Euronymous on guitar, and it was a singer called Maniac on this album uh, who later joined them as a live singer for a while. Um, Venny, I, I don't get too much into the, the mayhem story, but are you a fan of mayhem? Are you a fan of black metal, this scene and mayhem? In short? Yes. I, I mean, I don't clearly, this is your absolute genre and this is your go-to this, is your favorite. And I would be lying to say it was mine too. And whilst I'm a huge fan of black metal, often I will go for things a little bit more, uh, something a bit more modern, something a bit more potentially in the North American scene, some kind of black gaze I really like. So I'm not automatically drawn to the second wave of Norwegian black metal like you are. But that said, those original bands are legendary. They created a whole genre, the whole aesthetic they created rightly or wrongly was a phenomenon at the time and changed the way we look at extreme music um so i've got a huge amount of respect for them i love um the landmark mayhem album um you'll have to pronounce it for me mysterium mysterious satanas yeah thank you um that's clearly the album that i would put on if i was going to listen to mayhem i'm a huge emperor fan the other bands such as 
Dark Throne, I again respect, but would be unlikely to put on the radio if I had a choice. So that that's where I'm at. In, okay, so in, in all honesty, that's where I'm at. Well, it, it's good that your go-to album is Dim Mysterious from Saturnus because this is a good ground we have now from Death Crush being released to Dim Mysterious on Saturnus. Now, Mayhem did create this black metal genre. However, Death Crush is leaning more towards the death metal than that the traditional black metal we hear on the mysterious um and the reason being is the lyrics are more about death and violent um we will talk about some of the tracks but i just want to talk about one uh chainsaw guts fuck if i will um <laughs> if, if you will i have to say <laughs> the name of that track is brilliant <laughs> So, it's brutal, but you, you, you can see, like, when you talk about that that lyric, that sorry, that song title, Chainsaw Guts Fuck, compared to Funeral Fog on Dear Mysterious, that's the difference. So, anyway, I just want to read some lyrics from Chainsaw because it will give you an idea of why this is more of a death metal album. I, I'm sorry, I can't say one word though. So, maggots crawling in her C U N T. I just love to lick that shit. Bury you in a slimy grave, you'll rot forever there. So, I mean, that stuff is Cannibal Corpse would be happy with that lyric, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. That's, um, but 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 that's why this is more leaning towards a death metal album. However, that being said, let's just talk about um the guitar tone and the opening track, Death Crush. That guitar tone is basically Euronymous creating a genre in that one and it's it gives me goosebumps to think that that one man has created a whole genre which still endures today and there's still so many offshoots and variations we talked about the unrequited album last week which is black metal and it goes back to that same icy tremolo pick guitar tone that like you say was invented by those guys in Norway, and we call it the second wave. But what? How would you surmise what was different about the second wave and the first wave, and what is special about that guitar tone? Well, it's it's like a a chainsaw buzz that guitar tone. Um, you know, it was a lot pacier. If you look at the first wave, you've got you know merciful fate, battery, um, obviously venom, where venom was pacey, but like mayhem is ferocious do do you know what i mean so they turn the tempo up and i guess those first wave bands were more based in heavy metal uh more traditional heavy metal and thrash metal and motorhead whereas something definitely changed in that second wave wasn't it it was much more of a distinct sound i think Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I said, if you just listen to Death Crush, that, that opening riff is the defining genre for, for, for what they created. But I think also Venom and like Battery would have been so- soft, if you know what I mean. Like Venom claimed they created Black Metal, but they just had the album title Black Metal. It was fast. They sung satanic lyrics. Mayhem took it to a different level. And you can say what you like about the deaths and the church burnings, but that is a whole different level and brought this genre to light. And it did change, it did change, change the world of metal down to a T. You, you text me the other day and just said production question mark. <laughs> the production of this is appalling. It sounds like they've got a Casio tape recorder and they press play and record at the same time in a big metal bifter bin. And once they've got the tapes, the master tapes, they've taken them out to the forest and buried them in a load of soil. <laughs> and then they've got them out. And, and that's what it sounds like. It's absolutely <laughs> abysmal. But it's clearly also <laughs> extremely important in terms of defining the genre. But it is worth saying, it's appalling. <laughs> So, I I actually <laughs> the poor the poor production. Okay, so basically what happened was, and this is a story from um, the drummer at the time, Mannheim. He said the studio technician didn't know how to record this style of music, like because you think it's like the first time it's ever been done. Like he was probably doing pop music and you know simple arrangements. He didn't know what to do. So pretty much like you said, this EP is recorded live, and then the vocals are added on after, and you know 
there's tales of Burzum, you know, doing their first album in a room with just one mic, an amp in the middle of the room. That's exactly what it sounds like. And I think it sounds absolutely brilliant. I think it's just, <laughs> honestly, like, there's, we're grown accustomed now in this day and age of production being so polished and so shiny. You talked about the Unrequivered album, and it is really polished whereas this is so raw and even you talked about dark throne you know um blaze northern sky the production was shoddy i think it adds to the whole atmosphere of the album and that's what makes it so i say special to me but i really do love the older bands and especially if you have it on vinyl i have death crush on vinyl and it sounds fucking awful (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time it's so good and it's like you're you know, reliving this piece of history every time you throw it on. Yeah. I think you've hit the nail on the head in that one word and it's atmosphere. And that is what these bands were trying to create was not just a musical style, but a whole atmosphere and aesthetic. And it does make you think of the the woods and the forest and these very earthy textures. And that's a whole part of the music and the aesthetic that they created. So whilst it is a bit of a joke, it also, like you say, is very important. And I think if this sounded really plush and layered and with a fat sound that you get these days, it just wouldn't be the same. So it's, it's very important, but it's not to say it's going to be for everyone's taste and it's not to say it's difficult to describe, but you you just have to listen to it to understand what we're dealing with in terms of the production here. And, and people won't, some people would just go, this is awful. Uh, But you have to remember as well, this, these, these are kids at the time recording this new music and you could probably say as well, the playing is sloppy on this album. Like it's fucking fast. Uh, Like it's so fast at times, almost like, maniac can't keep up with the rest of the band you know he he's struggling for air in some of the um the songs but that's what adds all to it you know a young band going out and playing music putting together this ep let's just i just want to talk about a few tracks so the opening track silver sylvester and fang if you're a mayhem fan have probably heard this played live numerous times um it was done by a composer called conrad schnitzler so German, obviously. And the story is that Euronymous went up to him, uh, sat outside his house and, and until he said, come on in. And he wanted to comp- compose a track for the EP. Uh, and the composer didn't. He just gave him an archive one or an old one he had. And that's what you hear on that. So it's a very, um, it's not haunting. It's very hard to describe, you know. Yeah, it is. It, having not listened to this EP much, I think I have listened to it a fair bit, but probably about 10 or 15 years ago. So I've not listened to it recently and hitting play on it is a very odd introduction. And it's almost kind of synthesized drums or it's got some kind of electronic component to it. And it's almost like he's got the master tapes and it's like slowed them down and sped them up. And so there's something a bit kind of subversive about it without it being some kind of kitsched horror film sample. Yeah. It's not like that. It's, it's disturbing in a different way. And for me, it just, and, and hearing that story just shows that, which is true for their entire career, is that there is more to mayhem than just fast, tremolo, pick, white, hot, black metal. They are quite a expansive and progressive band in terms of their ideas and the things they bring to their music it isn't just all of one thing they, they have experimented a lot over the years and that this is probably year zero for that yeah no you're right because after this obviously was released then they did do mysterious which was the staple black metal album but then they released um oh what's it called is it some war some kind of Oh, Grand Declaration of War. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, they released that, and that was very experimental for, for, for a band who basically started this. Um, but they've actually been, like you said, they are very good. They're very expansive. They've been blessed with some, obviously, once Euronymous uh, died, um, they were left with a void, and they got a guy called Blasphemer, who took them on to, you know, like doing Grand Declaration of War, um, Order of KO, Chimera, and then... They, he left and they got Telokin, who has recorded Damon and uh, Historic Warfare and a seamless fit almost. So they have been very blessed. Um, but yeah, going back to this, um, do you find it hard to listen to this EP? Yes. 
because of the production, because of the rawness of it, and probably a bit because of the aggression of, of it. Although we'll talk about some of the more conventional tracks, um, because what we talked about the first track, which is more of an intro track, there's a cover on there. So, and there's another kind of instrumental interlude track. So there's only really, what you say, three original Mayhem tracks to kind of talk about. Yeah. And um, yeah, so talking about those individual tracks, what slightly surprised me is you, you can hear the evolution of the black metal sound in that it wasn't just straight off the bat black metal. There is some kind of more traditional thrash, thrashy type music in there before it, it leads into the what we now call black metal. So you can hear the evolution of the sound and it wasn't that they were born a black metal band, but they kind of evolved the sound. And I think the sound is fully realised on Team Mysterious Dos Santanas, but I think on this EP you can hear them evolving from what you've said, which is death metal or thrash metal or motorhead style, very fast thrash into black metal. I think you can hear that. So on Death Crush, you can hear that. That's where the tremolo guitars come in. That's where the rapid blast beats come in. And that's where that evolution occurs for me. You, yeah, you made a good point that there's the evolution and probably we'll t- touch on it now, the Venom cover, Witching Hour. Obviously, Venom are a big um, influence on them. Uh, they made no, I think there's probably a Venom t-shirt of Euronymous in a picture floating around. But yeah, to have this on here is obviously, it does give you that idea that, that this is what they were influenced by and then as you said evolved on the mysterious um it's actually a good cover which an hour yeah like like you said when um when we spoke about behemoth doing the cure if you can do a different cover and make it sound your own you've done a good job and that's what they've done with which an hour by venom and is it right that there's a different there's some additional vocals on there from a guy called messiah i was reading so yeah, yeah it's, it gets a bit complicated with all the it, vocalists yeah. and the guitarists and drama. You know, it does get a yeah. bit complicated. M- Messiah um, also sang on the the demo "Pure Fucking Armageddon," which is a the, the last track on here. Um, so yeah, it can be a bit like Maniac is the main singer, but then there are, Messiah does some other vocals. Um, yeah, Chainsaw Guts, fuck track three, your favorite Venny. Yeah, it, I love the the opening riff on this. It's slow and menacing, isn't it? Oh, it's like the production actually makes it sound so much better. I think in a in a weird way, you know, like the production shit. We've 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 said that, but the way it's so poorly produced makes it so grainy and troublesome. Yeah, it's it's quite it's very menacing the start of that track, and it slowly builds in. And that this is what I mean. It slightly surprised me that it wasn't just pure black metal blast beats, hundred percent start to finish this is what i mean that they do have these other elements on uh, these tracks and i think that's why it's quite interesting to hear them and hear the evolution and progress really yeah and then we spoke to which now then necrolust this this track is where you can hear the what demysterious is going to be like uh, sorry the do you know what i mean how yeah. it's going to evolve into that um it's it's a chugging riff uh, it's it's pace is so fast like and I think that's probably where more of the death metal elements are in there. It, it, it's furious. God, in my notes, I've written exactly the same thing. It's, it's very fast. And this track is more the textbook kind of black metal that we were more accustomed to hearing from Mayhem. And uh, yeah, I, I like the guitar work in it from Euronymous. And it finishes on a, a blood curdling scream from uh, Maniac. It's just, again, disturbing disturbing and then into track six which is weird Mannheim, which is played by the drummer and this piano keyboard um i think it's about 48 seconds um but like it shows the different concepts that mayhem have and you'll hear a lot of black metal albums post do have instrumentals like this to make it haunting um uh like i'm not sure why it's on there i, I don't I don't hate it being on there, but I'm just thinking if they didn't have it on there, this would be an even more brutal mm-hmm. EP. Um, it drops the pace a little bit, doesn't it, of the whole EP? But I do, again, it just goes back to what I just said. Is that I think it shows that throughout their career, Mayhem have been quite experimental 
and not afraid to do these different things. And sometimes you think of these bands as just being one thing, just straight ahead, second wave Norwegian black metal. You just have an image of what it's going to be. But actually, they were a pretty experimental band and have been from the start. I think that's what quite nice about that interlude track that shows up. Yeah, I think that's the only time you'd use the word nice on this album. (laughs) That interlude. Um, Yeah, and then it closes with the track Pure Fucking Armageddon, which is, my God, it is brutal. To go from that that piano keyboard into this, Jesus Christ, it's just so pacey, punishing. At times, it's anxiety building for me when I listen to it. It's just all over the shop. That track would put a lot of people off by the way, in my opinion. It's kind of, and again, great song title. I love the song title for that. But again, you can hear the motet and the thrash metal as one of the base ingredients for it, but they've just taken that to a whole new level of extremity and it's much faster and it feels like like a runaway train. It's just like shaking and coming off the tracks and it's like barely holding itself together. And that's what, adds to the charm of this EP that you can hear it's just absolutely frenetic and frightening and it's just barely holding it all together and that's why I think it's such a exciting listen because it's so frenetic yeah um blink and you will miss this it flies by 17 minutes but it absolutely flies by they only originally did a thousand pressings of this um and sold so quickly um, I think the cover with the the limb cut off limbs just hanging from a hanging place. I don't know what it's called, where you hang gallows. Gallows <laughs> um, is is frightening enough, and the the logo with the two crucifixes upside down and the bat wings on the M. Yeah, that they really meant business. This band, and they're still going to this day. I I, I would be, I would have been really interested to see had Euronymous still been alive, where they would be today as a band and i think probably a lot of bands would be the same on that um but th- this is a special ep for a lot of fans i think a lot of black metal fans um yeah i absolutely love it it's hard to know with Euronymous. so whilst he was very tragically murdered he was always one of these guys that if he wasn't murdered i'm sure he'd still have found a way to have died if you know what i mean a bit yeah, like, yeah a bit like kurt cobain that you just on a collision course with tragedy and there's nothing that could stop it but it's clearly one of these wildly creative guys who like you said basically has invented a genre so uh yeah what, what why did you pick this ep to chat about and why not their landmark or why not one of the other later more experimental albums? why did you choose this one well firstly the mysterious on saturnus is but has been talked about probably by numerous people and everyone, if you said name me a mayhem album would be the first one to go to. But I think this is, it's important because it's their part of their evolution. And I wanted to discuss how they started. And, you know, mayhem is, if someone says best black metal band, you know, probably a lot of the time it's going to be mayhem people saying it, but I wanted to highlight that this record, they actually started out more on a death metal path than black metal. And, it's a staple to say that you should listen to this to see where roots, where they come from. Um, and also because the production compared to the mysterious, that's still below average as well. <laughs> like, but, but it's a lot better than this. It, it's it's a lot better than this. Yeah. But um, I think just for me hearing these, this band start a genre, you know, from this, it's mind blowing that they've created a whole genre. And if you look now, Dark Throne, thirteen forty nine, oh, you could go on the amount of black metal bands around these days. Yeah, that's just from Norway, but yeah, from Iceland yeah. or from North America, Sweden, or from Greece. We could go on all day, but yeah, it's clearly spread across the world. And to be fair, part of that will be mixed up in the whole story around mayhem with the church burnings, with the murders and the suicide. There is an element of that, but there's no doubt that it's still a very important landmark in terms of inventing a genre. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's this? How old am I now? 35. So, you know, thirty over, over 30 years this came out, and 
I just I wanted to co- highlight it that this is where mayhem started, and it's an exciting thing for me to think. A lot of people will think well, you're an idiot, <laughs> but <laughs> but for me, being a big mayhem fan and just listening to this thing, this is where this band started and where they are today. I think it's just it's a very important EP um, in the black metal. Uh, journey as it were so you're clearly you're clearly passionate about it and it's nice to hear you speak so passionately about it with so much love uh for what is you know it's not for everyone this it's hard to listen to but we've already been talking about it for much longer than the duration of the ep itself so if you can listen to us talking about it you can you can definitely do worse than sticking it on for 17 minutes and seeing what, what we're laughing at We've got a bit uh, bit better production though, don't we? <laughs> Slightly. Do we? I'll go and bury my laptop. In. <laughs> Just re-record it through a cassette player. Yeah, um, yeah so that was um, Mayhem's Death Crush. Uh, landmark album for a genre. It's 17 minutes. It's not for everyone, granted. But if you, if you want to know where this started, this whole genre, then this is the the place to start um have you anything to add on that venny not at all you've very authoritatively covered it so well yeah great job good job so next week venny we are looking at remind me again sorry so it's good it's again slightly slower week but um i guess the the headline is the new ghost inside album is that another are, bloody metalcore album? Yeah, after all our discussions, <laughs> even I'm kind of sigh. And there are a couple of smaller bands releasing albums. We're not entirely nailed down, but Blight, um, a potential that we'll look to record. Some more black metal, Benny? Mm. Lovely. Um, and our deep cut is coming from, to stick with the, the ghost inside, we've decided to go with Ghost. And their debut, Opus Ep- Opus Opus Epinonymous. I think I got that right. I don't know. There's too many Euronymouses <laughs> and Anonymouses going on. Their debut, basically. We're going to chat about that. Um, no spoiler alerts. Uh, Venny, are you a Ghost fan? Uh, <laughs> not, win. not the moment. We'll see next this time next week if I am. We're we're trading blows at the moment. You keep chucking me metalcore. I'm going to just keep chucking you stuff like this. <laughs> Uh, no, so that's what we're going to look at next week. So Blight, Ghost Inside, and Ghosts on Deep Cut. Uh, give us a follow, Twitter, Instagram, uh, heavy underscore matters. And we'll chat next week. Cheers, man. Much love. <laughs>